From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is the Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are my colleagues Sean Jackman <laughs> and Kristen Travis. Hi. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about another classic game this week. Uh, 19, uh, in uh, 1944, a fellow named Anthony Pratt created a game called Murder with an exclamation point on the end of it. Uh, and if you're in London in 1944, you spent a lot of time indoors uh, because of air raid drills, basically not doing much of anything. And he wanted to create a game that wasn't just something where you would roll dice and see what happens, but a game with some mystery and excitement to it. Uh, it was purchased and published by a company called Waddington's in 1949 as Cluedo. Here in North America, we know this game as Clue. It was very, very innovative for its time, and it's popular to this day when other board games of that era have been forgotten. It was even referenced in an episode of Sherlock. Yeah, you guys watch Sherlock? I have seen it now. Based that? On, based the one, on the one where Sherlock is actually, it's a, we're not oh, going to play that again. I've been yeah. dying to watch that. <laughs> it is good. It is. So you, you can watch for that. Have you guys ever played, you've, you've played Clue before, of course. Oh, yeah. Your right. game group, yeah. so you must have. Absolutely. Uh, what do you remember about playing when you were little? Um, I liked the mystery of the game, uh, trying to solve the puzzle and whatnot. Uh, I tried to deceive uh, my opponents, like when I would have information, trying to give them the least helpful information in a way, <laughs> like in, in the best possible way. Uh, but my favorite part of the game is just using those secret passages from corner to corner. Like, I mean, I love that element that was in there. And the it idea made... of using a secret passage. You know, you don't get to do that in a lot of games. No, no. Uh, we apologize for the noise in the background, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing some renos here at Snakes, but uh, just never mind that. Kristen, you played with Clue when you were little too, right? Yes. I, I was actually going to say the exact same thing as him. The secret uh, passage thing? The se- well, the secret passage was the first thing I thought of. Um, <laughs> but the idea of, I have this information, I'm trying to figure out what I can get from them, how best to do that while not giving them uh, the information I know. I felt really like a smart little kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I liked that the game made me feel smart and devious. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the thing that uh, really struck me as a child about Clue was those awesome little weapons that right. came with a little plastic rope and the little metal revolver and stuff, which are completely unnecessary for the game. Yeah. They served no purpose whatsoever, but I just loved having those but things they, anyway. Who didn't shoot that revolver at their opponents <laughs> at some point when they were playing? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Clue is very different from Monopoly and the other Victorian-style track games at the time, where you mostly had a circular track around the board or a square track or whatever, and you would roll dice and move around the board. Um, what, uh, what, what is it about this game, do you think, yeah, I think that, made, that made it uh, stand out and uh, be remembered to this day when so many other games in that era have been forgotten? Um, the rules are super simple, uh, but you're actually making decisions. And you get to say, uh, choose what you're going to do instead of the dice choosing for you. Um, yeah, the dice tell you how far you can go, but you get to decide what where? direction to go in. It's, it's, it, makes, it makes that leap from that one-dimensional track to two dimensions where you can decide what room to go to. Uh, for me, it's it's the theme of the game and this idea. Like I remember as a kid playing it and always wondering uh, who was Mr. Body? Like why <laughs> was he killed and why are we in this mansion together? I, uh, you know, that was always uh, something that 
it was it was a bit of a darker theme, and I, I kind of like that. I like that idea of murder and, and that you're trying to solve this puzzle. And Agatha Christie, of course, was huge in Britain at the time when yeah. this came out. So yeah, that's obviously uh, the, the, its initial popularity is based partly on that. Um, I think one of the real secrets to it is the way that uh, it was one of the earliest games to really integrate the mechanics and the theme. This is a game where you solve a mystery by actually solving a mystery. You know, the stuff that you do, those choices that you're talking about, Kristen, you, those, those actually are in service to the story. And like in Monopoly, you're buying up real estate and stuff, but it doesn't really feel all that much like being a real estate mogul, at least not in the same way. Uh, Clue really does, you have, to, you have to actually be a detective to win. Um, what are some of the drawbacks of Clue? What are some reasons why uh, you guys wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody to play it? Um, for me, one of the big ones is is just that roll and move thing. Um, mm -hmm. it, it is unnecessary truly to the meat of the game, to the true mechanics of the game. Uh, you know, just through bad rolls or, or something like that, it could cost you the game, which is, is not what the game is, is truly based around. But I think it's just that uh, because of the era that it came out in, because of the, the style of games that were out uh, just used to time. it, right? Exactly, exactly. It's, uh, it can, you, sometimes if you get really bad rolls, it can be a few turns and not be able to do anything at all. Yep. Um, hey, how about you, Kristen? Is there any, anything that uh, you find that where Clue calls short, where Clue falls short? Uh... I found myself teaching to couples a lot. Uh, people come right. in, they want to play together, and because of the way that it handles uh, the information, you can't actually play it two players. Right. It's as soon as one person uh, figures it out, they both figure it out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because you learn things that the other players uh, know, and they learn things that you know, so it doesn't really work that way. Uh, one of the things that always struck me as being kind of weird about Clue is that you could actually win the game by figuring out that you committed the murder. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's winning. Um, and another thing, it's, uh, we, we get a lot of people coming to the cafe who want something that's just relaxing, something that's not going to be too taxing, something that doesn't, as, as people say, not involve too much thinking. And uh, Clue's not going to do that for you, the way something like the game of life will, where you just spin the spinner and do what it says, right. land on a space, do what it says. Um, do you guys ever see any of those spin-offs that they did of Clue? Uh, yeah. The movie? Yeah. Is that did. what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Was... I, I see it on Netflix all the time, and I just I need to click it one day. I How do they handle it. the thing with the three different endings? Clue had three different endings, the movie did. Yeah. And when you went to a theater, it would say whether it was ending A, B, or C. Uh, right. Did they do that on Netflix? I think on Netflix, oh. the way it ends is they show you uh, the two endings, and they say those were what might have happened, but here's what really happened, and show you the one ending where everybody's responsible for one of the murders that happened, except for... I think it's Professor Plum is the undercover CIA agent who's Wait out. Spoiler! <laughs> spoiler alert! Wow. Too late, spoiler alert. I think that one's really past his statue. I, I, think so. I, think, I, think, I think I can get away with that. You now, mentioned but. Professor Plum, too. You know, I think that might be one of the other reasons why Clue has endured so much, is those characters. I always wanted to be Professor Plum, and purple was not my favorite color. Right. The idea right. of being this tweety, dotty sort of professor Trying to figure this out for some reason, I don't know. It just appealed uh, to me. Somebody, somebody who pontificates about stuff that other people just, you know, don't want. Just want to just shut up and stop talking and stop. It, it just speaks to me. Well, playing with my sisters, it was all about Miss Scarlet, and we would <laughs> argue who got to be her because no one wanted to be the maid. 
Yeah. Everyone wants yeah. to be Miss Scarlet. I she guess so, uh, yeah. So, as you guys mentioned that right now, brings me back and makes me realize that Colonel Mustard is the reason I am yellow in games today. Like, <laughs> really? If I, if I, yeah, if I play a game today and yellow is a possibility, I want to be yellow. And if not, somewhere halfway through the game, I'm going to think I'm doing really well and realize I'm not yellow. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Colonel Mustard was the, the start of that. I like the idea of it. I like that army theme. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know, there were more colors in the original game. They brought some of those back for those spinoffs, like uh, Clue Master Detectives and Clue Great Museum Caper. We had a Madame Rose, uh, we had a Sergeant Grey, we had a Miss Peach, and we even had other, other weird weapons like poison, we had an axe, there was even a blunderbuss, like a, yeah. a big <laughs> elephant gun type of thing. But, um, and then of course we've got Clue Jr. with the missing pet, you know, trying to figure out which kid right. abducted right. the pet and where they stashed the poor critter. Oh. <laughs> it's a very mean thing, but well, you know, kids, they're going to be mean. So what are some uh, more modern, more recently published mystery-themed games that you guys have enjoyed? Um, well, one that I've played uh, recently was uh, Lady Alice. Um, that was brand new, isn't it? Yeah, very, very new. Um, but it has many of the same elements that Clue has, where you have some information and your opponents have some information, and you're trying to solve a mystery. And through getting uh, clues from them and then watching the way they bid on the board, uh, you can you can get some more information yourself. Now. It takes away the roll and move element that Clue has and puts in um, a bidding and bluffing element. So somebody may put a chip down uh, thinking that uh, the crime took place at this time of day. And that chip is going to be revealed when somebody else puts a chip down in that same time. Now it may be revealed that it was a complete bluff and they put zero of their you know, points towards that, or it could be that they're very confident. And uh, so Okay, so, so you're not only trying to figure out the mystery, but you're also betting on how it actually turns out before you even know. Absolutely. For sure, at least. Absolutely. And uh, you can score points for, for betting correctly. Yep. And also try to throw the other players off by putting fake bets yeah. on stuff, trying to get them to bet on them, too. Exactly, exactly. Neat. So, yeah, very very neat uh, sort of twist on the mystery sort of game. How about you, Kristen? Have you ever played a, a more recent mystery game that you've, uh, you've enjoyed as much as Clue? Uh, one that is actually fairly similar to Clue is called Mystery Express. Oh. Um, and it's there was a murder on a train, and you're trying to figure out who did Classic. it. Classic. Um, it takes Clue and pretty much puts it on steroids. Uh, so <laughs> you're going through similar motions without the dice, so you, you can just go to whichever area you want. Uh, except there's two of each card, uh, and one of each card is taken out, and you have to figure out which cards you've seen twice and which cards you've only seen once. So there's a lot more trying to figure out, tr uh, keeping track of who you showed what card. Um, more back and forth. More back and forth. Because if, if, you, if you see a card you've already seen before, you don't know for sure if it's exactly the same one or the other copy. Exactly. So it's Neat. really beefed up. The uh, One that I really like and sometimes bring out for people who want something that's like Clue, but uh, rather than Mystery Express going for the more intense, uh, more interesting sort of version, but something that's instead easier, uh, is one called Simply Suspects. Uh, it's, I think that one's a real hidden gem. It's sort of like Clue, and you've got people... It's just the, th the thing is, in, in Simply Suspects, they're all guilty, and your goal is to be the last person who's not in jail yet. Right. <laughs> and you doctor the evidence to implicate the other players. Uh, but the real, uh, the real twist, though, is that it's a secret identity game. 
Uh, this, there's these seven pieces of evidence, and you're pinning them on these six different characters. You know which one is you. You don't know which one is anybody else. Right. And you watch them to see which ones they're trying to protect. Right. Uh, to try and suss out who their identities are, so you can rat them out to the cops and be the last one who's not in jail yet. Right. Um, Mr. Jack is another one that's really popular at the cafe. There's uh, there's Mr. Jack, and then there's Mr. Jack Pocket, where it's, and that one's specifically for two players. Um, so if you are looking for Clue with only two players, this is probably the one that we'll bring out for you, folks. Uh, one of you actually gets to be Jack the Ripper. Fun. Uh, the other players can be the, uh, the investigators who are trying to figure out who you are and keep you from escaping from Whitechapel. Um, this, uh, it's, it's a bit more involved than Clue, but uh, it's, it's also quite a bit shorter. So you can play it a few times and sort of get better at it as you go on. You guys think of any others? Um, uh, Divinare is a new game very very interesting oh, that's that's it's, one of the fortune tellers isn't it exactly it's it's the the seers the the uh, seer contest and right, uh, mediums yeah the idea of the game is there are four different suits of cards and different numbers of cards in each suit and depending on how many people you're going to be playing with uh you take out 12 cards every time uh, but you just don't know which 12 cards are out there. Right. And there is an element of... And you're passing cards. Exactly, exactly. You're passing them Which around. ones are missing, which ones are actually still out yeah. there by using your psychic powers. Exactly. But and, you're trying uh, to deduce why somebody would hand you uh, some cards over some other ones. And <laughs> what are they what hiding? To tell. Exactly, exactly. Indeed. So it is hidden information game, really. You guys ever play Mystery of the Abbey? I have not. Yet. I haven't played that one. That one. one's often really compared to Clue. It's kind of like a Clue, but it's in a medieval monastery, kind of like the name of the rose. Right. Sort of thing. Yeah. And it's more, the questions are more open-ended. You can ask uh, people whether they've seen uh, a, a bearded monks or tall monks or thin monks or Franciscans or Benedictines or Templars or whatever. Uh, you can even ask somebody what they learned from the answer to the last question they asked. Right. You get really tricky with your questions. Um, can you guys ever see any, any of these new mystery games sort of superseding Clue and kind of taking Clue's place in the cultural landscape anytime soon? I think that that's a really uh, difficult proposition because, I mean, when Clue came out, it would have made such a cultural impact because there was no other games like it, and uh, at the time there was not that many games. And any game that comes out today has so many uh, different board games to compete with that it's hard to imagine one single game uh, making an extraordinary impact uh, on you know the the hobby as a whole. What do you think, Kristen? Can you see? You think you see there might be a new clue in our uh, in the horizon? Uh, I wish, because that would be really cool to have another game become that popular. But you're also fighting against the fact that people want to give children the games that they played as children, mm. and why uh, not to pass right? all the nostalgia. Sure. Um, and it would take a few generations for a game to really get back up to that point. And like he said, it's fighting against so many other games. The market is. I wouldn't call it flooded, but compared to what it was back much then, larger, for sure. it's much larger and it will be harder to accomplish. Well, so there you have it, folks. Looks like Clue is going to be with us for quite some time, and that is not a bad thing. Come on down to Snakes and Lattes sometime, bust out Clue, or get us to teach you something that will give you a new mystery to solve. Till then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Christian, Tra uh, Christian Travis and uh, Sean Jackman. Game on. And thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakes cast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.